<clears throat> All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. Um, I'm your host, Tyler Meany, coming to you from beautiful Wilson, Wyoming. Uh, it is a beautiful beginning of winter day. It's a little snowy out. Um, and today with me for the, is it the third time, Al? I think it's our third, yeah. For the third time on the podcast, Alex Marolt, uh, my best friend and uh, business partner. Welcome, Alex. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Is this, has anyone had more than three appearances? Um, I think you're the most. Oh, yeah. Alex Kissinarius has had two. Taylor's had two. Taylor might, Taylor might have three, I think. I'll do one with, I'm going to do one with her this weekend when she's done, done working. Um, cause she hasn't done one in the new, in, in our new house. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably get her on there. Um, yeah. well, it feels good to take a share of the lead for momentarily anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and today I kind of just had this idea. Literally it was when I was working out today, it was like, I was like mid bench press rep, you know, cause I, cause I bench <laughs> humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> mid bench press rep. I was like, I was like, we're doing, we've been doing a lot of marketing work and we should just do a podcast where you and I just sit down and talk about some of the success, successes we ha- we've had and the strategies that we've employed um, for our clients. And luckily it worked out. So um, we'll jump right in um, to web design. This is something, web design is something that you and I didn't really have a background on before we started the company. Um, mm-hmm. I think you probably had a little bit of just of like editing on the, on the SEO approach from the different marketing roles you've had. Um, but I didn't have anything before we did like the stuff for props and we kind of started doing it. We've done edits, we've done reviews, we've done tweaks with our other clients. And now with our current, um, with our new real estate client, Curtin Homes, we're straight up building them a whole new site from the ground up. Um, so talk a little bit about that process from your end. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Cause I coming into it, I had done some, some edits and it's, it was more so like tweaking wording and little things like that here and there that didn't really, you're not changing like the landscape of the website, you know, you're just making little tweaks that no one other than us would notice or the Google bots that crawl yeah. the website. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been, it, it's been super rewarding, honestly, because it, it's, we didn't have a ton of knowledge. It, it was total like, groundwork just figuring it out going on to google searching how to do different things which was quite a process right because like at its core if if someone said design a website that's such a massive task that's so daunting and uh, it was pretty cool the way that we were able to kind of tackle that head on and just figure it out and we've said that for so long ty like i don't just figure it out like right like in most things that we do and we did like we've, we've done we've been doing that do you yeah. want to know my, my inspiration behind that saying? It's probably from Chuck. Yeah, it's from Chuck. He was saying, he was, uh, one day we were sitting in the hot tub and he was just like congratulating me on like my hard work and getting to the places, place that I've gotten to. And he was saying like, you know, that him and I are similar in the fact that like we didn't get these, we're not like maybe considered intellectuals. We didn't get crazy good grades. We weren't like, our peers in, in school didn't really think that we were going to be the smart one coming out of, of school. Um, yeah. But now like look at where he's at and then look at where I'm at doing what we love, making money, doing it and having a lot of fun. And 
he he would say like you know not a you know there wasn't like a such a super clear path to this but you just figured it out and that's what we do we just figure things out and so i kind of took that into my own head and said you know what yeah like that's just what meanies do and then i took it and just said like for you and i like let's just figure it out yeah well i think and i like and i take a similar approach to that as well like because again you know can you do this the answer is always yes for us can, yeah. can you guys do this yep and then you and mm. i on the back end are like all right Fuck. Shit, we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta figure out something to do here and then we go figure it out but yeah. i think that's what's been but but yeah to my original point that's been what what's so rewarding about doing this website overhaul is like the countless hours and phone calls between you and i on you know just on google looking things up figuring out different platforms and how they operate and navigate and like yeah yeah had we had the experience and known going into it could we have been a lot quicker like no doubt but now that we do have it right we know it it's we know it in and out because we've built it from the ground up we know everything we had to learn it so it's kind of like you know to compare it to like a large company it's almost like that guy that worked in the back room as a janitor or something and then works his way up to ceo and he knows the company so well because he's done every single job within the company you know if you yeah scale that to web design i feel like that's what we've kind of done yeah and i think that speaks to like as our company starts to grow and we like hire people like we will know exactly what they're going through day to day because we've had to do everything the company needs to do so far. Right. Like, you know, we've built graphics, even though you got, you and I aren't graphic designers, we've taken video, photo, edited stuff, web design. We've done all these services that marketing agencies do. So now as we start to hire people, it'll be like, like, you know, we can, we can speak from, um, our employees experience. will confide, confide in us because, yeah, we can speak to experience. They, if there being an issue, you or I can jump in there and help them out hands-on because we did it, you know, five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, I mean, in figuring it out, like I, like I said, it's such a daunting task to look at. But when you mm -hmm. get into it, like website design, it's, it's way more tedious than it is hard. It takes a ton of work. And it's a, it's a lot of little pieces that you have to move around, like, right? Like, getting a graphic to fit in a certain spot mm -hmm. is such a pain in the ass and it never works out correctly the first time. And this yeah. is even when we know how to do it. Like we know what we're doing actually, but yeah. just like the little detail of the correct sizing and the correct location on the page, getting things to fit. So like I said, I think it's, it's a lot more just time spent than it is, you know, we're not geniuses because we know how to design a website, right? Yeah. We're hardworking because we put in the work to figure out how to do it. And we take the time to do it and make sure that it's done well. But it's not like you don't have to be some like computer hacker genius guy to figure out a website. Yeah. But the genius, I think, will be in how successful our websites that we that we make that we, the websites that we make and the ones that we make changes to how well they work. I think there's some certain genius in that to just be able to look at something abstractly and say, I think this option will make people buy things more than that option. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point too. When you pull into like, right. Cause building it, you, you know, you can put words and put pictures and put video on a website and say, you know, here it is. We did it. The task is completed, but there's a whole other aspect that you bring in of, yeah. okay. Is it built out? Well, is it built out? You know, what's the functionality from a consumer mm -hmm. perspective? Are we giving them what they want? Are, are they getting where they need to go? And that's, yeah. that's kind of our, 
that's where a lot of our previous work comes into play because we can get into the mind of that consumer and then apply it to the edits and, and overhauls that we make on a website. Yeah, definitely. Um, could you speak to a, a couple um, kind of points, points of emphasis that we focus on in regards to the, the SEO, the search engine optimization of the site? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, when talking about SEO, it, it's making sure that you're using the biggest one that we see, especially with like small clients is jargon. Like I'm trying to think of it, what a good example would be. Um, like I'm going to pick on still works in this one, but they had like the word watering hole on there, right? Like yeah. we all know what that means. Everyone knows what that means. Yeah. But the Google bots that crawl a website don't. So you need to change that wording to something that's more applicable, right? Because then it becomes distillery or, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of other words and I can't off the top of my head right now, but. Um, yeah, I mean like that, obviously the obviously, obviously replacement would be like bars um, because that page they were trying to get people to, the, the idea was to show them which bars still, still works to stole that. Um, yeah. By using that word, but that doesn't help Google connect somebody looking to buy a cocktail with still works in it to um, Stillworks website or a bar with Stillworks, you know? Yeah, to, I'm glad you just point. said that because that's, that's how I have always explained it to clients. Like when you, mm. when talking about the wording that you choose on a website and if you're, and if you're concerned with, about SEO, right, which you should be, that should be top of mind when creating it always, mm -hmm. um, you have to think of it in terms of it is Google's job to service the person typing into the search bar. That is their goal. And they're going to pair it with, they don't care if it is company A, B, C, or D. It's whatever of those companies fits best what their, what their consumer is searching for, mm -hmm. right? So it's matching up those searches and, and, and it's really like an anticipation game. You know, like what, what is this person going to be typing in? What, are, what, are, what is our demographic actually looking for? And then yeah. pretty you much just replicating those words on the website. Yeah, yeah. You and I talk a lot about like what what do we think our target audience is going to search for um, that we could put in the site or put in an ad to connect them to one of our clients, right? Right. Um, and oh wait, I was going. I had I had a thought. I had a good thought. And now it's gone. Gone forever. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So to 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 give an example of that for the listeners. So the obvious, so the easiest way to explain it is in the branded terms. So if I'm someone looking, I heard of Jackson Hole Stillworks, I want to see where they are. I type in Jackson Hole Stillworks or something. And Google says, okay, you typed in and we're, we'll throw out the idea that they have ads on the site right now. But um, okay, we found a website for Jackson Hole Stillworks. Here you go. Is that what you're searching for? And then, they, and then if the person says yes, they say yes by clicking the, the first link that, that Google gives them. And that's the website for Jackson Hole Stillworks. They could also, you know, maybe it's more vague. Maybe they don't know the exact name of Stillworks. They could be searching things like distillery uh, than a location or near me or, mm -hmm. um, or like maybe they're looking for craft, craft vodka or something or like something like that. You know, other keywords that would come up with that. So then Google has to sift through all the websites that could potentially be what that person is looking for. You know, if they search distillery near me, they would look at, okay, where's this person at? They're in Jackson Hole. Um, okay, look, let's look at our Google Maps information and our website information. 
and let's see, are there any distilleries in this area that make sense? And an exact, that example, they'd probably pull up Stillworks and they'd probably pull up um, Grand Teton Distilling is in Idaho, not far from here, um, but sure. it's close enough probably where they would probably get pulled up in that. Um, yeah. So then, so it's like, you just, we've, we went through these situations all the time, like, okay, what are people going to search and how can we get, how can we make it easier for Google to put our client in front of that, that search, right? Right. And yeah, that, and that's kind of the ultimate goal. I mean, it, I don't mean to oversimplify what, what it is, you know, when you're redesigning a website, what you think of in terms of SEO, but it's pretty much constantly that website on every paragraph you type and every page that you redo, it's having that in the back of your mind, right? But at the same time, you have to do that without overpacking it with keywords and making it sound because it's, it needs to be a perfect balance of like SEO, SEO words being plugged in, but still readable and understandable and consumable for your audience. Right. So like you can't make it just sound like a mangled sentence that someone, you know, yeah, maybe that helps a little bit with SEO, but you're, you're going to get people, your, your exit rate is going to be so high because people are going to be trying to read these paragraphs and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? You just keep saying the word distillery vodka gin over and over and over (laughs) again. I'm out of here. And then that at the end of the day, that ends up harming you because then Google's like, okay, these guys have a super high bounce rate. So we send people there. They don't like it. They leave. So now you get bumped down for that. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's not only getting people to the page, it's retaining people on the page. And -hmm. I think that those two pieces marrying together is what you need to keep in mind when you're building SEO, you know, when you're redesigning a website or editing a website. Definitely. And, um, this is something that I already know, but I'm going to ask the question anyways. Um, so you and I just talked about you know, like SEO and it was all only in reference to Google. Why, why is Google the only search platform that we as marketers care about, care about appeasing? Yeah, great point. And for the audience, how many of you use Bing? Um, I don't know. My audience is answer. pretty big, Al. Like, who knows? There could be like four people out there with, with Bing. That's the answer. I actually got like at my old job, the one that I was talking about where I did like a little bit of editing. Um, There are like certain things that different search engines call for. Um, And like we got, we got dinged, dinged by Bing. Nice. Uh, For some reason it was like their crawlers weren't picking something up on our website or we weren't telling their crawlers to attract to our website or something like that. So I had to go back in and figure it out. But I remember doing it being so pissed off the whole time because I was just like, for all 15 users, this is what I have to go do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. took like, it was like a, it was like a week long project to figure this out because again, don't know how to do it. Need to go figure it out. Right. So it took me like yeah. a long time to figure it out and I did, but it was like, cool. The end result is now we, you know, got those 15 users back from Bing. Like not very relevant, but I guess, yeah, to answer your question in short, it's because nobody uses Bing, nobody uses Yahoo. Google owns search engine, period. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. Um, I was curious, what percentage, okay, let's, take it, let's play a game out. What percentage do you think of, of searches comes through Google? Uh, over 90. 76% on desktop and 86% on mobile come through Google. So yeah, that makes sense. To answer my own question, that 
percentage is why we only care about Google. And I bet um, if you broke that down, it's like, maybe it's like iPhone users are like 95% on Google. So like in the most people and the, the demographics of like who we're searching, trying to get to are probably 99% Google. You know, when you break it down into like who we're trying the, to attract. Yeah. yeah they're probably Audio. only on Google, probably 99% on Google. Yeah. And it's not to like, I don't mean to like totally shit on those other search engines, but at the same time, kind of shit on them because like we don't we don't know anything to bing bro we like an intelligent audience right at yeah. the end of it like always every every company should you want an intelligent mm -hmm. audience and i hate to break it to you and if any of your listeners use bing or yahoo maybe consider not doing that <laughs> you know like yeah because i don't like, even if you look at it like the functionality of it and the readability on those search engines is like significantly worse than google it's so bad mm-hmm yeah, there, you, there was a day and age where they were more equal and like, you know, Ask Jeeves was on there and a couple other ones. <laughs> but like it, it, over the years, like Google just, Google has just compiled data better to be able to connect you and where you are to what you're, and what you're searching to valuable other companies for, for what you're searching. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually looking something up right now because... Oh, that's what it is. That's in ads. So, so yeah, Bing actually bought out Yahoo search a couple of years ago. So it's like, like Bing's algorithm working when you type in Yahoo search. Yeah. Go to yahoo.com. You can get to it, but like, it's the same thing as Bing. Oh, it's still okay. branded Yahoo, but it's show, but it's Bing's algorithms and Bing's functionality, which is like, I mean, a smart move by them because they're like joining forces to fight to fight big bad Google, but yeah. it's still not getting them anywhere. Because I mean, like I said, I guess ninety. I figured it was on the high side, but seventy six percent or whatever, anything over seventy, it's huge market share. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see what numbers of uh, like how many searches that was, but there's probably billions, right? Oh, um, yeah, at least it, it's yeah. so. Yeah. Cool. So since we're talking about Google and stuff, let's Trent, let's switch over into Google ads um, and Google ads just as a, a general overview to start it. Google ads is um, a service through Google. You need a Google, my business account and you basically pay to have your ad on the top of the search um, so that people have probably all seen this when you search, whatever you search, basketball shoes, you search, uh, I was just searching for snowboard boots recently. People are paying to be the first thing you <laughs> sick, bro. To be the first thing you see in hopes that you will click on their link first and, and buy something. And, um, and then, yeah, if you, Al, if you want to talk a little bit about that too, that'd be good. Well, I was just going to say like, I, I mean, if you know, people who maybe have like an outside view of marketing or, you know, kind of get marketing, but kind of don't, that's the difference between organic and paid SEO mm -hmm. is organic. So that's like you work on your website, you make these changes on your website to get your website to rank higher in a Google search or in a search engine. Um, Google ads is a way to basically expedite that process. So you bump yourself to the top. Google says, you know, Hey, Merlt Mini, we currently have you guys ranked fifth, give us money and we will rank you first on the page right? If you search marketing agency or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a way to really expedite that process. And people will do it even if they rank first or second. It's still valuable because that top spot on the page is so, so valuable because we know that, right? Like the first three links are the only ones that will ever be clicked. And of those three, the first one that shows gets a majority, a large majority of those first three. So getting that spot is super important. And one of the ways to do that is through Google ads. Now, I guess, you know, with that, the consumer, in my experience, doesn't really care whether it's organic SEO or a Google ad, right? Because it's the Google ads are the ones that show up like a purple link or it'll, mm-hmm. it'll show like the little green box that says it's an ad. Um, when Google ads first started, that was something that consumers did care about. So there was a lot of like, like me, in my personal use, I know for some reason, I just didn't click on the ones that were an ad. It seemed not authentic, but it's become so ingrained into your searches in Google that I don't think anyone even pays attention to if it's an ad or not anymore. So again, emphasizing that being that first spot, whether it's paid or organic is crucial. Yeah, we kind of, the, the public had to be trained on what, what an ad on the search meant. I know in, from my personal experience, I kind of always thought that it was like a pop-up ad type of an idea where it was like, yeah, maybe not the real website, but now we've just over the years of Google doing it. Now we know, now we know what it is. Right. And that's just fine. And um, to speak to the, the importance of even having an ad on a, a search term you're highly, highly ranked on, um, even like, let's, we'll call it a branded search. We have, st- we have an ad for Stillworks on the search of Jackson Hole Stillworks. Um, even though their website will show up organically, number one, we have an ad also because it's a strategy to find your competitor's branded terms and have ads on there and potentially pull searchers from their branded searches. So like if, to make it easy, um, Under Armour could buy an ad space on the term Nike shoes, even though Nike will come up organically first and probably Nike is, you know, spending money to have that ad too. But to make an easy example, Under Armour will pay to have that top search spot on the term Nike shoes, even though they're not Nike, because they could, they could take somebody looking for Nike shoes and say, oh, maybe I want to look at Under Armour shoes and then they buy from Under Armour instead. Exactly. So the, to, to back up your, your point about the importance of having ads on stuff you may already be on the top of, on top of is, is crucial. Right. And, and again, like when you think of it, it, just like anything else in a business, like it's an investment. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you're paying for someone who would have ways, but you'll pay a little bit for guaranteed business. Every company would, right. Yeah. If you get back to you and if you have correct margins, mm-hmm. like, you'll easily pay 25 cents, 65 cents, even $2 for a click if it drives business to your company. Yeah, and that's a good point. Talk about, talk about the kind of uh, pay-per-click rates that are normal that we see in our experience. Yeah, well, I mean, it ranges so much, right? Like, it depends on how competitive it is. So, like, still works, for example, them, like, their ads aren't extremely expensive because they're the only distillery in Jackson. Yeah. But then, but then like, if you go to a, you know, we had, we had a, a bar in Hayward, Wisconsin. Well, not a lot of bars are running Google ads. So that space wasn't very competitive. Yeah. The, the search volume was really high there, but the cost per click was so low because nobody else was running ads. Now, if you get into a competitive space, 
So for example, we have a real estate client here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, real estate is extremely competitive and there's a ton of different companies paying for ads. So that was one where like the cost per click is going to be way higher than it would be for a bar grill in Hayward, Wisconsin. Um, so it, it, it's completely market driven, right? Like mm-hmm. it could be 35 cents per click. It could be $15 per click. It, it, it just completely depends. And it's a, it, yeah. it really is in its simplest form. It's a bidding war, right? Mm-hmm. So Google. Yeah, explain the bidding, but, explain the bidding to people. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll keep using this basketball shoe example. So like if Nike says I will pay or they start the bidding, right? Google sets a, a, a threshold. So they say, okay, nobody, nobody has an ad out there right now. It is 65 cents per click for, and this is every time someone clicks the link on your ad, right? That's what we're talking about. Not the organic one, the ad. You have to pay us 65 cents every time someone does that on the search term basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Then here comes Under Armour and Under Armour says, well, we'll pay 70 cents for the search term basketball shoes. Now they just went ahead of Nike in the search term. They show first now. And then Nike Mm -hmm. says, shit, I'll pay 75 cents then. Right. And now Nike bumps Under Armour down and they go to the top. And it basically, that's how the bidding war happens. It just goes back and forth like that. And this is like a daily thing. And for some of those larger companies, it's probably like almost an hourly thing, really Um, making sure top of that page on the search terms that they've identified that they want to remain on top of. Um, And how does, um, I, I don't have any experience in this, but how, how do you, how does the company know that they're getting outbid in, in searches that they need, that they think they want to be on? Oh yeah. Good question. So actually in Google ads, in the platform, right, where you manage all of this, cause you create your ad, you set your bids, you, you select your search terms that you want to be showing for. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually gives you metrics, right? So on this search term, here's where you're showing. And on this search term, here's where you're showing, right? So you're ranking seventh. So that one's not doing very well for us, right? On these other three, we're showing up first. And then maybe you have one that shows up first and then you check it back the next day and now all of a sudden you're second. Well, it, you need to make that connection that someone's outbid you. You may not know who it is. You could manually search it and find it. Mm-hmm. But really, you're just looking at those rankings within the Google Ads platform to determine where, where each search term is ranking. And if you know that becomes up to the company or the marketing company that you're working with side what's acceptable and what isn't. Yeah. And yeah, you need to, you need to, the comp who's ever doing that sort of operation needs to understand which terms they absolutely need to win on and which ones they don't absolutely need to win on and which ones will just right. be like nice to have, you know, like you absolutely need to win on your branded ones. You absolutely need to win on like uh, the specific, product that you're offering probably um yep. but maybe you don't need to like an adjacent product or like one that you kind of do or like a, a location that you're not that you're not fully in or something like that you know like jackson hole Stillworks needs to own distillery jackson hole you need to own yep. that yep they may not need to own like craft vodka general because there's probably a probably tito's owns that you know, you don't need to own that one. Maybe like craft, craft vodka, Jackson hole or something like that. Like it's picking your battles, right? Yeah. It, pick it, your battles. Yeah. Know which ones you can win, know which ones are important to you, put a stake in the ground and determine that certain ones are more important than others. Yeah. 
We're taking the ground and say they will not gain another yard. <laughs> we yeah, will sell vodka all night. Yeah, you can the box and stop the run on certain surge terms. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. So then, uh, Al, could you, could you talk into um, the different strategies that we have with uh, our two customers that running, we're running ads for at the moment, uh, Stillworks and Don Our Construction? And our goals, how they differ between the two companies because of, because of the type of businesses that they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. So Donlar, I guess, or, yeah, I'll start Donlar, so the construction company. That one, our, our return on investment is so, so high for them, right? Because Yeah. In the, explain, explain what, they, what they do. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're a commercial construction company. So they build out whether you know, it's a, a high school, maybe it's a casino, maybe it's a, a church, um, you know, big buildings, right? In its simplest form, we're looking at very large buildings. So these are 10, 20, $30 million contracts that they are signing on to do the work for. Mm-hmm. So when you put it into that context, $300 a month in Google ads is really not much because if you do that over the course of 12 months and you hit on just one in any of those months, you're making way, your returning your investment is still significantly high, right? Yeah. So, and you may not even like to, to say hit on one isn't really the best way to describe it, you know, because it's like they're not going to buy because of an ad they saw. They're not going to go with Donlar to build a high school because of that. But if the ad makes it easier for a school board um, member to research Donlar, and get a better feel about them and make maybe understand that they're a valid company and they do good work and all that stuff kind of grease the wheels in the, in the long sales process that Donlar has. That's when you see the ROI. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. You're, you're almost looking. So that's probably the biggest dynamic change between that and still works is like, we're looking for leads or just yeah. potential even, right? Yeah. Giving us just a glimmer of hope that they might choose us. So we're casting a wider net essentially, right? Because yeah. we'll have, you know, a ton of impressions and a ton of clicks for Donlar is really good because we know on the back end that may lead to or help lead to just one conversion and then we make our money back tenfold. Way more yeah. than that. Yes. Yeah. The difference with that in Stillworks is Stillworks, like the purchase process is much simpler, right? You're going and buying a bottle of vodka you're going and buying a sloshy, right? These are, that is a $5 purchase or a $30, you know, whatever it is, right? Whatever the cost is, it's, it's so much smaller. Mm-hmm. So we can actually try to drive more transactions through Google ads with them. Yeah. So then we kind of monitor our success based on how many people clicked on our ad and went to the map, which is a really cool function in Google ads. We yeah, can this actually- is something that was new when we started doing ads for them, which we hadn't seen before called map actions. Yeah, 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 which was so huge for them because it's like, so what Google does to simplify it is they look at basically how many people clicked on our ad. So on the Stillworks ad, they click that link and then went to the map to basically locate Stillworks, right? So we're kind of making the connection that if they went, if they looked us up, went to the map, they're probably coming to the location. You're right? getting directions even, yeah. You're getting directions. So you're actively like trying to go there. So in that case, um, we can kind of attest that to a direct transaction. 
So for them, yeah, we for on these map actions, right? So yeah. we pay money, we drive X amount of customers. Does that equal out? Are we are we still net ahead on that, right? Versus what we paid into ads versus the amount of people we had in the door, and we can estimate however many drinks per person. Um, and that's kind of how we measure our success with with them versus Donlar, where it's more impressions and clicks based. This one we measure map actions. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a marketer's dream to have that map action because the battle that every marketing person fights is justifying our actions when it's pretty hard to say from a social post or some, even from an ad sometimes if you're not doing like online sales that what you're doing is driving revenue. You know, that's our actual yeah. goal. Um, but, you know, it's one thing to say we got to click on a website on the word distillery tour. We, we could maybe think that they went and did a tour and spent money. We don't fully know unless we ask them. Yeah. Um, but we can get a little bit closer to knowing we got a transaction. If, if, we, if, we can, if Google is telling us this many people a month clicked on map actions to go to, your, to, go to the front door and you do, like people don't just go to Stillworks to hang out. Like they bought a sloshy or they bought some bottles or they did a tour. They're not shopping. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it makes our job easier in justifying what we're doing to the owners, Chaz and Trav, to say like, like, okay, you spent X amount of money on ads this month. Here's how many, hun- and it was, it was actually hundreds of map actions a month in the summer that yeah. we're, we're, we are highly, highly confident those are transactions going to your door. Right, yeah. These and are then they're like, and they're like, holy shit, you're right. We've seen so much traffic after you guys started doing this that they were ecstatic about it. And that makes our jobs easier, makes everyone happy. And it's just phenomenal. That's a good point too, like the transparency. So that's like, we're really fortunate that Don Lars is a super understanding client of ours because it's really hard to explain that like, we're casting a wide net, we're creating touch points and all of this kind of culminates to eventually a transaction for you, right? It may not be directly through Google ads. It might be through, mm-hmm. you know, a really solid website. Maybe it's a, a social media post. Maybe it's a conversation that someone has and then they click on an ad and that drives a transaction. But really it's all of these things working together. Yeah. Um, they have a really good understanding of that and they really appreciate that. But you're right. When it, like, um, what, What's the word I'm trying to like, not monitoring, but like allocating our efforts to their success. How do it, like doing that is very hard. Justifying it justifying or i want to say like monetizing but not really that um but yeah the justifying is always the battle that we're fighting we've had we've had interactions where like we get on with a with a client or somebody and it's like it's a month in and they're not seeing any sort of return and we're like what what do you mean like what do you think happens in a month like are you asking your clients where they're coming from no then how do you know they're not coming from us or like you can't expect like this right. large, this large cruise ship size of branding to make a turn in a month and automatically you're the biggest company in, in your industry. Yeah. And one of the things that we've done too is like with clients in the past is like, let's just look at your like year over year revenue. Are you up? And were we basically the only variable that you brought in? Right. Yeah. Cause like we can take some of that success and maybe not all of it. And we're not asking for all of it, but like if year over year revenue is up, and we were one of maybe the only variables that you brought in in the new year, mm-hmm. we can probably make that connection that we played a large part in some of that success, right? 
Yeah. And we've been, we've been actually given that like from the links, right. Um, the, the audience will know Brett Baldwin, one of my first guests on here. So there's a, we did some work a couple summers ago and I think next summer we will too for the links to Teton Peaks golf course. And they didn't change anything except for adding us as doing their social media. Um, we didn't do any ads work. We didn't do any website work, but just most all social media actually gave them a footprint give people reasons to go there, see the, see the page, understand what's, what's so great about it. And they saw like a 25% revenue increase season over season. And I was asking Brent, I was like, did you guys make any other changes besides adding us? He's like, no, that's all you guys. And I didn't even, I didn't ask how much we, how much credit we should take. He gave it to us. Yeah. So to to hear that like really makes it an awesome full circle of like, you know, these, these videos I'm shooting and editing, they're making real revenue differences. And that's the point. Yeah, and that, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, like everyone wants to be able to, you know, I guess measure their work and like determine their success. And, and, and we all like to look at numbers, right? To determine these things. So to hear that from a client directly was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the original point of like why Map Actions is awesome because it's super rewarding for both our clients still works and for us to just be able to look at that and be like, here is what we did to help you, which at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We, we love helping clients. It's what we want. So yeah. like to be able to tie that directly and not have to make some sort of a business case of like, here's, here's our value, right? When you break down the numbers and there's this and that, we can just point to that and be like, we drove this much traffic. This, we earned you this much money. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and, and it helps that those guys are so realistic and understanding and, and they, and they're not like, uh, they just, they see they they've seen the change from when we started to before we started and the activity going on, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, we know why this is happening." We've had other clients that are so up their own ass that think that it's something they did. <laughs> when it's like you didn't yeah. do shit, you you paid us like a little bit a month, and we did all this activity. Dude, we're not gonna yeah. name him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't need to name, but it's just, but yeah, it's just like again, it goes back to that like only variable thing, right? Like. Yeah. You, you, you change the aesthetic at your business like that you think is what maybe did it. No. Like, the, paint, the new paint color you think bumped you up 20%. No. Yeah. Not quite. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. But, but yeah, yeah, I guess um, yeah. Anything else to say on ads? Any other, um, the one thing that you and I were saying before when we started, before we started recording was, um, it's not crazy difficult to run a successful ads campaign, especially now with smart campaigns through Google, but just the importance of actually doing it and understanding that the money you're paying, you know, there's a floor for Google basically of $200 um, a month. That is probably the most valuable marketing money you can spend outside of like, if you need a storefront in like a, if you're in like a little downtown area or something like that, Google ad spend is probably the most important money you can spend in marketing. Yeah, I would agree with that again, because it's like, you know, emphasizing that being first on that search page is the yeah. biggest thing it, that real, that real estate is so valuable. Yeah. Um, and it's like the age old thing, right? Like you have to spend money to make money. So I think our job as marketers, you know, the hardest part is not actually creating the ads and, and, and following up with them and, and keeping them fresh. Um, it's, it's almost like selling our clients on the importance of it. Because I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, especially in the small business world, they look at an upfront cost and are like, whoa, let's pump the brakes there. We don't want to do that. But 
just like anything else, you have to spend money to make money. And it's true. You, yeah. you do need to spend it, right? This money, like having the understanding that this money is coming back to you is probably the biggest thing in like our job. It's a, it becomes a sales pitch for some clients, right? Some of them are awesome and they trust us and they're like, we believe in what you guys are doing. Take us to the promised land, right? Yeah. And they just let us go do our thing, which is great. And we love that. Um, other ones, it's a little bit more work to be like, here's why this is a value. Here's why you need to be doing this. So explaining that and getting past that is almost harder than actually doing the Google ads themselves. Yeah. Yeah. We've had to educate every single one of our clients that would, that we've done it for and do it for <clears throat> on what it is one. And then like how it's the most valuable thing. Like that's the most, that's important. The most important thing to take out of this section of this conversation is like I said, it's valuable money to, to, to spend, but you just need to acknowledge that it's, it's important and you just need to do it. That's the takeaway. Just do yep. it. Like you don't need to, the, if you're a small business, you as the manager, I mean, call us first cause we'll help you out. But if you don't want to call us, you can do it on your own and it's not that much time. The setup is a couple hours and then a couple hours a month, just looking at it, tweaking it uh, if, as you see fit. But it's just important to do it. Well, then the other thing I guess I'll quick add to is like, it, if you suck at it, there's no minimum payments. Like if you're, if you're bad at creating a Google ad mm -hmm. and you're not getting clicks on that ad because it sucks. Fine. No love lost. You're not paying anything. You yeah. pay per click. So yeah. like, so if you're doing it right and you're doing it successfully, you're getting a lot of clicks, which means you're paying more money, which means you're making more money. So that's a good thing. Your cost for Google ads should be high. That means you're doing well. Yeah. You know, if it's, if yeah, you're, if exactly. you're is $50, you're probably missing the boat. Yeah. Definitely. Well said. Okay, so now let's move on to social media. It is, we decided to talk about it last because we can probably say the most about it. It's the most, it's the um, most upfront in your face tool of marketing in this day and age. It takes the most day-to-day -day work for marketers and for businesses, um, but it is now where you, where businesses form and form their brands, period. Yeah. They, um, Alex and I's whole strategy with all of our clients, and once we get down into the deeper layers, we'll explain it out, but the whole strategy to start off with is give people a reason to follow your pages outside of being a customer of yours, right? So maybe you bought a sloshy and you followed the account, and that's great, but you may not stick around forever. If you're, if you're a tourist, you may not follow them after you leave. You know, all that stuff happens, but with Stillworks, we give people a reason to follow because I'm constantly posting, like I'll do photo shoots with the Tetons, you know, bottle in, in beautiful places. Like we're, we're giving them beautiful imagery from around the area all the time to be, to pull in people that they could like the mountains. They could like craft spirits because we do like, you know, cocktail making videos. If they like craft, if they like cocktail making videos, they follow for that. If they know Chaz and Trav, they follow for that. We get a lot of activity on just stuff of Chaz and Trav because people freaking love them. Um, yeah. They want to tune in for the, for the, for the sloshy fit flavors. You know, like there's a bunch of reasons we're giving people outside of just, I think I might want to purchase this, something from these guys in the future. Right? Yeah. I think you're, you're so right. It's the biggest 
misconception with what social media is like it, it's a place to provide value right yeah always be providing value to your audience and mm -hmm. providing value is not saying hey buy this from me mm -hmm. right that that is not value you have to provide value in order to be able to ask things from them down the road and it's the same in like all walks of life we've just moved it onto an online platform that's all right yeah. like if you go over think about it this way if you walk to your neighbor's house every single day and continue to ask things of them, can I borrow this? Can I do this? Can you help me with this? I need to move my truck. Or I need to move my couch, right? You keep asking and asking. Eventually, they're not going to like you very much. Mm -hmm. But if you ask, if you see them out in the yard struggling with something and you go over and help them, and then maybe a couple weeks later, you go help them with something else. Yeah. And then you need a favor of them and you say, hey, I have this project I'm working on. Could you help me? they're going to say yes because you've provided value to them you've helped them out in the past they mm. quote unquote owe you one right mm. so we've taken that and it's it's gone on forever this is not a new concept we've just taken it and put it online that's all is brooks doing something yeah he's like i don't know I, he he's just bored he just <laughs> keeps shout out little boy brooks little boy brooks yeah, definitely. And, and that falls into, we're, we're big Gary Vee fans, but um, he has a big topic uh, or uh, strategy, I guess, that he calls jab, jab, right hook, I think he says. Jab, jab, yeah. punch is another way to say it. Um, but if you look at four posts that we send out for one of our clients or teach them about, three of them will be providing value or branding or giving them something, you know, for still works. It's today. I posted a, a cool drone video of the snake river. That's just, you know, a cool video. We're not selling anything to them. They're just saying, Hey, here's the snake river. It's beautiful. It's wild. And we're a part of this, this area. Um, another video might be, here's how you make, uh, here's a, here's the, here's how you make a cocktail that we love. Here's the ingredients. It's with still works, but we're not saying it has to be with still works. It can be whatever, any vodka you want. We would say it's best with still works, but you know, right. here's a cocktail recipe. Um, and, and then the next post would be like, Hey, we have new apparel Buy our apparel. Yes. Or here's the daily sloshies. Come by and try the flavors. Like, we already gave them value three times and now we're asking them to come and do a transaction for us. Um, and we've seen that we see it every time when we post those selling the selling type posts, they don't do as well as the branding posts. Never. They never ever do. Yeah. Because people, you know, maybe it's just the nature of how we keep, we're sold to every single second of our day on social media and TV commercials and billboards and signage everywhere. Uh, Americans are just kind of sick of being sold at. Yes. Know? So those selling posts, like you have to do them because it's just kind of a good balance, but like they don't do as well in the social yeah. media metrics at least. I mean, I was just thinking about it this way. Think of like the amount of social posts that you and I have shared back and forth. Less than 5% of them, right? And this is like hundreds we've done. More yeah. than hundreds. But like less than 5% of them have been, hey, check out this great offering from this company. Yeah. Right? Maybe there's like some deal on like 
you know, golf shoes or golf balls that we like or something like, Hey, you might want to check this out, whatever. That's very, very few and far between way more of them are like, Hey, check this out. This is really funny. Or this is really cool. You should watch this video. Yeah. Or like, this is a great explanation of this. They're all value add the ones that we share. And it kind of breaks it down to like, what do you like to view on social media? Mm-hmm. Well, look at what you're sharing with other people and things like that and what you're consuming. It's way more value add than purchasing. Yeah, definitely. And, and what we're trying to do then is just, you know, we're training people to be, to be watching stuff that's, that our clients put out for then when, so then that we know that their eyes are going to go to the one that's selling and we've given them so much value. We've given them these recipes. Maybe they're like, oh, I do want to make that cocktail. Sure, I'll try it with Stillworks because you've given me all these recipes, or I because I really like Chaz and Trav, or uh, I'm going to be in Jackson Hole for a little while. Um, I'll come by the distillery. You know, you're you're training their uh, attention to be on. We're training the attention to be on our clients for when we do make that ask, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I can't like. I can't emphasize enough how important that concept is. And it's something that like, I think a lot, most of our clients have a hard time understanding in the beginning because they're like, well, just, can you put out a post about this, this deal we have going on this weekend? Yeah. They, they, they put these requests into us like that, which is fine. And we we're happy mm-hmm. to do that. We always want to service our clients, but it's like, we can do that, but it can't be every weekend. It can't be every post. This is not, you know, it's yeah. not one big sales pitch. Right. That's yeah. not what we're after. And I want to keep emphasizing, like provide value. The more value you can provide, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And providing value is not like informing them of a new product you have all the time. Good like occasionally if you have new releases, it's good to be educational about it, but it's like, you know, it's so cheesy to do like uh, we're going to see a bunch of black Friday discounts all week, so- you know, um, that, I mean, that's kind of just a different situation because everybody's buying that, but every, not every post that's about that discount will get a sale this week. Right. Um, even though everyone's going to have discounts just to have a discount. Like I, I literally put that in a Stillworks posting plan today. Um, yeah. And I was going somewhere good again, man. Well, here, I, I can jump in here because like, yeah. Knowing maybe that, that kind of leads into a good point too of like, knowing when to throw that punch in the terms of the jab, jab punch concept, right? This week is extremely acceptable to show your offerings and to give discounts and and inform your audience of those discounts. Um, A a good example of a time maybe not to try to hard sell was back in April or whatever at the beginning of COVID, right? Yeah. Like we're at the beginning of this pandemic. We don't know where things are going. Don't say shit like come buy some booze, but you know, like, we're but not really for that doing. for that market that might have actually worked because people are uh, drinking yeah, more bad, than ever bad example by me you're right yeah but like clothing maybe Better yeah because like people people just didn't have like excess money or like i was thinking like 9-11 would be like a really bad day to do like a cheesy salesy thing yeah like just you just have it 11 get our 11 percent off 9-11 discount yeah but like and, but i mean having that understanding right like it's falling on deaf ears in those situations because there's just bigger yeah. shit like this week in everyone's mind if i'm online i know i'm getting sold so i'm more accepting of that because i just know that this is the black friday week it's thanksgiving there are deals everywhere that's kind of what's happening on the internet right now so follow yeah. these trends too right 
like, you know, pick and choose when to throw your punches and, and make sure they land. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, Friday at three o'clock or Friday at six o'clock, probably not the best time to give your top sales pitch. Cause guess who's on social yeah. media? No. Yeah. Right? Sat, like all day Saturday is really bad. So we don't, we never post on Saturdays. We'll do stories if, if I'm like at the con- at still works and it's like a fun little opportunity, but we don't do any real sort of value add sale selling real posts on Saturdays for anybody. Right. Yeah. So it's just having a feel for that sort of thing. And like, again, that's something that we just, obviously there's just having an understanding of how people work in general, mm-hmm. but it's also like trial and error on our end. We, we failed on a bunch of posts on Saturdays and Fridays in the past to a point where we've learned like, that's just not successful. And every audience yeah. is different, right? That's, that's another thing too. There's different audiences, different things going on. If you're like a, a funny account, maybe do post on Saturdays because people are just kicking back, relaxing and looking. Um, you yeah. Know. If you're like a, like a college football sort of account or cultural sort of audience, Saturday is probably your prime day, you know, or if exactly. you're an NFL day thing, like, or, you know, if you're a, for different sports leagues, the days that they have big days. Yeah. Yeah. So it changes for that, but the audience that we've been working with and um, I'll say for Stillworks audience specifically, and just like the, the community here, we're all out in the mountains on Saturday and Sunday, Sundays right. usually. So nobody has their phone. Nobody's looking at their phones to on social media on the weekends. So like there, those posts do pretty poorly. Yeah. It's like the inverse in Minnesota, right? We're in the summer on a weekend. Good luck selling anything because everyone's at the cabin. Everyone's out doing shit. Cause we get like three months of nice weather and yeah. we take advantage of it. Like historically mm-hmm. Minnesota does that. Um, but you're exactly right. It's the same thing in Jackson on weekends. That's why people are in Wyoming in general. That's why people live there. They like to be outside. They like to be in the mountains doing things and being active. They're not on their phone. Yeah. But it, yeah, but it kind of has an inversely kind of a counterpoint to this, Al. Mm-hmm. We can, what we do is we, we work ourselves into their Saturday, Sunday schedule by giving them, showing them stuff during the week on like Wednesday and Thursday so that they build up. They say, you know, we say, here's our sloshies for the weekend. Here's our cocktails for the weekend, you know, whatever. So we build in to be a part of their lives on the weekend, but we do it during the week. That's when they're looking yeah, at exactly. but it's in person, not on the phone even, right? That's yeah. the whole point. That's what we're ultimately trying to get to anyways. It, at the end of the day, all of everything that we do is culminating towards making more money. That's everything yeah. that we're trying to do, right? Yeah. Every post, all this value add stuff, all of it's great, but make no mistake, and this is every business, in the back of their mind, what they're trying to do is make more money. How can they make more money? And providing value is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, all of these great feel good posts and things like that. We're hoping at the end of the day, lead up to a sale on a Saturday. We don't want yeah. you looking at you. We want you in front of us drinking our liquor. Yeah. For stores, right? Yeah. Or yeah, for the golf course, we're going to show them how great the golf course is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So they make a tea time and come out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we don't want them to be looking at our posts on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We want them to be looking at the tea box. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost like the irony of it. Like if we have a post on a Saturday for the golf course that does really well, we kind of didn't do our jobs well then. Yeah, that is, that is rather it, ironic. Yeah. Cause they should be, the people that are following the account should be golfing. Right. If we're, yeah, if we're doing our jobs correctly. Yeah. So that's kind of a, that's kind of funny irony in that. Yeah. Um, 
And um, if we could uh, dip into our, our, our um, kind of the way you and I started doing this, doing our business uh, and doing the social media posting and making, keeping us on task, it all, it all stems out of our posting plan approach. This has been a staple from day one of, of Merle Domini Marketing. Um, and did you, did you do it at like one of your past jobs or how did we start doing that? When I was at Vibrant, so I guess for if the audience hasn't heard this, I was a marketing manager at, at a smaller physical therapy company here in the Twin Cities, located a bunch of locations all over the Twin Cities. And there, there wasn't a ton of direction and it was up to me to kind of create what we were going to be posting and running basically the entire social media account. So I kind of developed this system that was just basically a posting plan. And it's, if the audience were to see this, they'd be so unimpressed with like what this thing looks like. Cause it guys, like it's literally just like a Google sheet with like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we repeat that four times to equal out a month. And then mm -hmm. in each like box, we just fill out what we're going to post on certain days. Um, yeah. And then we have like a coding system behind that of like, we have the content for this, or we need to capture the content for this, or this has already been posted, or this one's in the hopper. So we kind of color coordinate all of these things in our posting plan. But for Tyler and I, that is our Bible for our clients. Mm -hmm. Everything derives from that. We refer back to that. And it's like, it helps us keep an understanding of what we have going on. But most importantly, that we show balance in everything that our, the business that we're working for has to offer. Yeah. So it's really nice overhead view of like, okay, in the month of, you know, we have November right now, right? So for Stillworks, did we talk about, did we talk about our brand? Did we talk about us, you know, did we show off what we are, where we're from, Wyoming, right? Um, did we show our offerings, right? Um, did we show know, grain to glass? Like all these, yeah. We have all these stories that we talk about uh, with the client when we kind of onboard with them in staples that they would like portrayed. You know, we, yeah, so I think every company has these like different storylines for different aspects of their business. Mm -hmm. For us, these all come to a head in our posting plan and we pretty much throw them all in there, right? That's where all the value comes from. Can you hear him yelling? I just did, yeah. It's all good. I'm gonna, I'll put my headphones in. Um, my, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you're can, frozen. can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now you're back. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, my AirPods, like the charge on them has been so bad lately. Mine's um, about an hour. That's my fiance's brother. Big, big gamer guy yelling at call of duty. I think right now the new call of duty, I guess we've all been there. Yeah, no, it happens. Um, but back yeah, to my the, point, though, that's like yeah. where it meets ahead, I think, is like all of these different storylines and different offerings and different aspects of, of the business come to a head for us in this posting plan. And we get like a high level overhead view to make sure that we're touching on all of these storylines and aspects of the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I found it really interesting in the this year with the clients that we've that we've onboarded. Um, they have the, the companies all have these really great stories. You know, if you're a company for around any sort of time and you have any sort of like quality offering, you have great stories of your success and who you are and, and why you do what you do. And both 
Steelworks and Donlar have kind of shied away from like the bragging aspect of getting those stories out. And I thought mm. that was really interesting because we know that social media is really the only place or like, I mean, marketing in general is the place to brag about the company and what you're doing. And I found it interesting that we've had both stories of people, you know, really humble leaders that didn't really want the kind of shied away at first to the bragging aspect of their business, even though they're really proud of it, of what, what yeah. it, is. it was just like the That's idea of saying point. it, saying it to the public was like, you know, does that, does that sound too much like bragging? And we're like, yes, but that's the point, you know? It yeah, that's the Beth point. At, like it, yeah. Go ahead. It happened with, with Beth Adamo. She said that exact thing I just said. She, we were telling them like, yeah, talk about this, 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 and this in your, in your posting plan and in your posts. And she's like, isn't that like bragging a little bit? I'm like, and we're like, and I, we actually said, yeah, but that's the point. This is when you do brag. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's meant for. Like, it's a weird dynamic because personal use on social media in, in a lot of cases is different than business use, mm-hmm. right? Like how I use it, how I use social for my personal usage is way different than what I would post for our clients. Yeah. But in that regard, it is all the same. It's all bragging. No one, no one's out there posting like a sad face selfie to their Instagram and saying, man, what a crap day. Things aren't going well. Nobody does that. You show the best version of yourself in every single post that you put out there, or it's you doing fun and exciting things or things that you enjoy. That's what we're portraying on social media in personal usage. And it's weird that a lot of companies, you're right. And it's a good thing to be a humble leader. That's a good thing. But you also need to brag about yourself and show these great offerings because for a lot of people, that may be their only glimpse at your company. So you need to put your best foot forward and talk about your greatest attributes. Yeah. Because all those stories are all reasons, like to go back to what we said, they're reasons to follow the page and they're reasons to be a customer of the page. You know, Stillworks great stories that they're Jackson Hole's only distillery and that they're a grain and glass operation and that they take local ingredients and they, they're able to save 2 million gallons of water. And, you know, if Chaz was just saying that to somebody he met, it might seem like bragging. But to say right. it over social media, those are all reasons for somebody to buy, you know, maybe you're really into like eco-friendly companies. So you say, you know, and it's, you're not, you're nice. Alex and Tyler's job to get these ideas out there, but to maybe you're looking around and you hear, Oh, Jackson Hole Steelworks has a water as a system that saves 2 million gallons of water a year. That attracts me to them because I'm eco um, focused, eco, eco-friendly focused or, uh, I want to support local local growers and producers or local companies. And you didn't know Jackson Hole Steelworks has all local ingredients that would attract you to them. You know, yeah, or, and it yeah, that's the place to say it. Like you're so yeah. right. Like it comes off differently in person, right? If I talk about like, you know, all of my awesome things that I've done to you right now, you're like, okay, dude, like chill out. You're just like bragging at me. I don't need to hear about it. But if you go to my Instagram page, it'll tell that same story. But in that medium, it's accepted there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were like, like to specify it to your post, like you've posted like swings, like when you're swinging a golf club, if you've like been working on it and putting that there saying like, you know, look at this progress, like, been working on my swing or something. Yeah. People do that a lot. And it's right. And it's, 
practical. But if you're just like say, telling it to me, like, dude, I made some real improvements in my swing, which you do, which you do all the time. You, you, you always <laughs> say the like, I got it this time. I got it. I always um, got it. I'm one step away from being on tour, guys. Yeah. But if you were like, dude, my swing is so good right now, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You say this to me like weekly, yeah. But if I post it yeah. monthly on social, it's different and it's accepted. Yeah, then it's like, oh, I can see, Al, your swing does look better or like that result is better. Or it's like, if you just were saying, like if you were just telling somebody random, telling the public, um, look at this beautiful golf trip I went on or look at this beautiful golf course I was at, they might, they wouldn't really get it. They might say like, okay, like sure, or maybe I've been there or whatever. But if you post a picture of the beautiful trip or the beautiful golf course, you'll, a bunch of people will actively like it. And maybe they'll comment and be like, oh, that's so pretty. You know, because of- I don't think I've really ever said at. this. I don't think I've ever really said this, but like, I think that the reason it's accepted on that medium as opposed to in person is because like, it's on their time, on their terms. The consumer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, if I didn't want to see this, I shouldn't have been on Instagram today because that's what everything is on here, right? Yeah. But it's on my terms. I'm the one scrolling and seeing these things. It's my choice to hear about what you're telling me. So, like, I kind of yeah. have to accept it. Whereas if I just, like, came up to you and talked to you, not really on your terms anymore. Now it's on my terms, right? And I'm just telling you about how awesome this thing I did is. But when you're yeah. looking at it on social, that's your terms. You get to hear about it how you want to. Yeah. And I can choose to follow you or not. Um, yeah. So, you know, even if maybe I want to hear that from somebody, but I don't want to hear it from you, I can choose that. Right. If I want to hear That's a it, weird little know, power struggle, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the power struggle that you and I fight all the time because, you know, somebody, you know, people may want to see cocktail videos from Tito's and not Jackson Hole still works. And that's the battle that kind of you and I are fighting. Right. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a really good point too, Ty. Like why mimicking sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Like yeah. the same message from different companies can be taken so many different ways, which is a weird thing, but it just depends on your audience and your tone and what your brand has been built up to as a whole. Yeah. Like and, and part of the, the reason still side, works. Yeah, yeah. On the individual side, like people are crazy about all the the tiktok dance videos of like the hot 18 year olds guys and girls i mean like but if i did that like nobody would fucking like that yeah <laughs> you know, great. To, no that's yeah you're exactly like, right there's a place for it somewhere but it's not i don't think i don't think i have a place for it my place is you know the stuff that i post jackson hole stuff wilderness stuff dog stuff and that seems to do okay people seem to be okay with the fact that it's coming from me. They're like, all right, we can, we can wrap our heads around the fact that Tyler's posting his dogs. He's snowboarding is he's got his drone out. We get that. But if yeah, I was like, created a brand that matches genuinely your lifestyle. And I think that's why still works is so successful as well, because like yeah. their brand matches their demographic, their location. It's married together so perfectly that mm-hmm. like most things we post on social are extremely accepted and do really well because of that we are so on brand with them their their business is so aligned with what they're selling where they're located who they're selling to everything is so in unison and that's kind of what makes a good brand at the end of the day right well uh yeah we're, part we've of saying, makes a good brand. yeah we've been saying that the a business's brand may or may not be or or what the owners view the business's brand as may or may not be what the 
average consumer views it as. Um, but to make that be as close as possible is kind of the goal of the marketing team and the business. Um, and then what I think we've done a really good job of with them is we understand the brand because I'm, you know, I'm kind of their target market. You know, mm -hmm. I live in Jackson hole. I enjoy a cocktail from time to time. Sure. I'm, out, <laughs> I'm out and about all the time doing stuff in the, in the mountains. Um, I value local businesses. Um, I value small businesses. Um, and I mean, this is, this is actually not to brag, but I can, I can spend $30 on a bottle of vodka. Not everyone can. Um, no, no, that, but that to. matters. That's part of the demographic. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a part of the demographic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think we've done a good job because in understanding the brand, because I'm the tar part of the target market. Sure. So when sure. I'm posting, it's like, what would I want to see from a cool local distillery? And that's what I post for them. Yeah. That's a, what you just explained is a cool, is a cool concept for us and what we do as well. Mm -hmm. Because like to take it in a different direction, we have a real estate client here in the twin cities and like for full transparency, coming into it, especially, I didn't know jack shit about real estate. Nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. Other than like houses cost money and you can buy them. <laughs> and somebody um, helps you do that. Yeah. Right. So like there's the still works thing where we totally understand the de demographic and like we're borderline in it. You, you more than me, mm -hmm. um, to take it to a different client. But that's part of what's fun about our job is like, you have to learn it. So yeah. like we have this like, high level knowledge now of real estate and how things work within real estate, which is wild because that's part of like this kind of this journey, I guess, that we're on with what we've created. Like, I didn't think I'd ever know anything about construction, right? That was like, no one in my family does it. I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. it. Never thought I'd know about it, but here we are with a client and a great client who's taught us so much about it. And mm -hmm. we've taught ourselves so much about it because we have to, in order to do a good job for them. It's a really yeah. fun part of what we do. Yeah, I really, really enjoy that. Uh, outside of the day-to-day -day activity of running, of doing our business, I think my one of my favorite parts is just understanding a new business, a new industry, and then figuring out how to how to drive traffic or drive yeah. revenue for them. Like the the whole for some reason, I just my brain is just like loves that puzzle of how do we drive more revenue to this thing or for this thing, you know, and it's, it's in our marketing brand and it's, it's actually in our day jobs too. Like I've always been interested in selling and driving revenue and that kind of thing. And it just comes naturally. Like, I don't know, maybe my, like Chuck obviously has it. He's been, he's been in sales forever. Um, maybe like our ancestors were like these, we just were merchant, like the original merchants or some shit, you know, like we just, just yeah. some, some gene in, in my, DNA is like you, you want to learn how to sell things and you like selling things and you like learning how to sell things. And whether, you know, regardless of the platform, whether it's personal selling for FIS or for uh, marketing, because marketing is just selling to the masses. Yeah. And I think a cool thing with that too, like figuring out those different ways to drive revenue is one piece of it. And there's always variables, right. And different things that we need to do to help drive yeah. that revenue. But one of the cool things that you and I have done, Ty, is, and we talked about this, this is another thing from day one, 
we talked about building up our machine and we always refer yeah. to like our machine and what that basically is in short is kind of our, you know, call it an algorithm, I, I guess, if you want, or a blueprint for success that we can apply to different markets, to different clients, to different industries. And we've kind of been successful doing that. Like if you look at our clientele, it's such like, like no two are alike. It's such a wide variety of <laughs> industry. And we've kind yeah. of taken this machine that we've built out and applied it to all of them and been successful. And that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, we're tweaking it, improving it all the time as we learn new things. But yeah, yeah, the only two that are kind of successful or are kind of similar, I mean, they're all successful. Um, similar are um, the barn Hayward we had and the distillery. Similar in the fact that it's a drinking activity, it's uh, getting them to a location uh, and low dollar amount, high traffic type of business right um you know and, and eating and drinking uh but the other ones like i'll just run through the industries we've been in um so bar restaurant distillery golf course commercial construction real estate uh retail remember the retail store yeah 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 um clothing retail i mean um insurance <laughs> um what else is there? Um, that's seven different think. industries. Seven different industries in two two years or something, right? Yeah, about. I mean, yeah, roughly two years right now. And I mean, like, what what what? Like I said, what's so cool about it is the the ability to take like what we've built and what we we've doubled down on what we what we believe works. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when I say works, I'm talking about making our clients more money. At the end yeah. of the day, that's what everyone cares about. We, are, we need to make more money. Yeah. And we've taken this machine that we've built and applied it to those seven different industries and had success. Like, it, it's pretty cool to be able to do that. And again, like, part of the fun of it is, is tweaking that machine and you're always tweaking it for every client. It's a little bit different, right? It's a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, um, you know, and, and kind of figuring out what works. But at its core, the blueprint of what we do is consistent. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and the day-to-day -day tweaking is like, how do we take our, our overall concept strategy that we know we want to focus on and do, the jab, jab, punch, the provide value, that stuff. And then and then I, since I'm a visual brain, then I go down in levels almost in like a spider map to where it's like spider web map. So it's like concept of up here, and then what are some like major pillars, uh, themes of that concept that go a little bit deeper. And then, you know, it's like then under one of those themes is like content ideas, you know, it'll be like, okay, we want to portray for it still works. It's like that we're in Jackson Hole. That's a theme of, of uh, telling our story, basically. Yeah. So under that theme is like, we can do drone videos. We can do pictures by the river. We can do a photo shoot by the Tetons. We can do, you know, uh, you can go forever on that concept. And then it's go a little bit deeper. And it's like, what do we say in the copy? to portray everything up that layer, up, up those levels that we just went down into to say who we are, what we do, why we do it, why we're special by us, you know? Right, right. At the end. Any combination of all those things in any one caption in however many characters that Instagram lets you do these days. We time out? I just, I, I have to, he has to piss. Okay, should we wrap it up? We can wrap it up quick. It's been like, how long has it been? Hang on. I'm, hang on. Just, yeah. Can, can you edit?
Okay, and we're back from a little potty break for the little Brooks man. Um, I don't really remember what we were talking about, but I do want to take it to talking about the content gathering side of what we do, which is um, more, mostly on my plate, but you, you have a hand in it as well. Um, a tip for those that are out there wanting to get into this sort of work for clients, um, for small businesses is usually how people start. You have to be, the reason that I'm successful with this is you, because I figured out a really good way to be really efficient with my content gathering time. Um, because people that are photo photographers and videographers, they're more artistic in nature, which is the reason they're, they're doing that. They kind of have this like undisciplined style to doing, to getting together in content. And it's kind of just like, as they get inspiration or as it comes to them or whatever, but, um, and sometimes that works. Sometimes that works for the business you're trying to work for and they're willing to pay for that sort of style. Um, but many small businesses are not because they're not going to say like, here's $500 for two pictures, you know? Um, right. What we do really, really well for our small businesses is we make our posting plan and sometimes it's, we don't have content like, like today. I don't really have a ton of still works content. So I built the posting plan and now I know what I need to go get. I'm going to go over there later today. I'm going to do a yeah. photo shoot with Taylor this weekend. I go out and I say, okay, what, what, you know, how can I get as many postable pieces of content as possible out of a, a session of work or like going to shoot somewhere, you know? So I don't just breeze around saying, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. Maybe that's something. Maybe sometimes that works out. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time, the content that has done the best for us and for our, our clients is ones where I go before I go to shoot it, I have a reason to shoot it, um, a message I want to get out of it, and a purpose for it, and a place where it's going to go. I know what it's going to be, all that stuff. That's when the that's when we get the best results, right? It's, yeah, I think that's a great point. And and yeah. one thing I want to throw in too is like, what's important about that is like having a plan, having a message, mm -hmm. making sure that the content that you're gathering is aligned with what you, the message you want to be portraying to the masses on social media. And yeah. I think that that gets, that's something that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit as well, because you can have the coolest pictures and the coolest videos, but if it doesn't land, if the message doesn't really align, it kind of falls on deaf ears and it's kind of wasted. So you, you just have these really cool photos and videos, but like, it doesn't really make sense for what your brand is. Like, yeah, we were talking to a company once and it didn't work out that we worked together. Um, but they wanted a certain type of messaging and stuff and, and an image on their social platforms that totally didn't align with what they actually do. So we were like, that doesn't really make sense in terms of a content gathering standpoint. Right. Was this the, uh, was this the, uh, health and wellness company? Yes. In that industry. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, exactly. They had a strong focus on something that didn't, I mean, it would have been, we could have done it. It would have been fine, but it wasn't like, they were like, this needs to be like this. And we're like, no, it doesn't. You can go different ways with this. Uh, but that's not the focus, right? Yeah. Because but you I think that you that's know, what helps yeah. with the success is like, you have this plan and this vision that is aligned with what the brand is and what it does mm -hmm. when going to gather content. That's such a huge, huge piece of it. And our success is that having that understanding and then the ability to execute when actually content gathering. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, and it, it kind of takes – I don't know why, like, I, I just figured this – I mean, I, I kind of know why. I started doing it because our clients ha- – we started with very small budgets, and I knew for us to do what we wanted to do with, with the, po- the platforms to get the most success out of them. I wanted, you know, I wanted to do this over here that was, you know, high-quality content, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time, effort, all that stuff. But we had this budget and I had to somehow figure out how to get them closer. So it was like, okay, I can try to get this in the quickest, most efficient way possible. And then, you know, at the beginning, it wasn't the full extent of, of what, what my vision for content was because um, it had to be closer to this. But now mm-hmm. as we're getting bigger clients and they're, you know, our work is more, is more proof in the pudding of our work. They're giving us bigger budgets to actually do the kind of stuff. And now you'll see, and Stillworks is a kind of my, it's kind of my baby. And like, I can do anything I want to do because I don't have the budget restraint of some of the smaller businesses we've worked with. And so yeah. hats off to Chaz and Trav for trusting us with, I mean, we're not talking like we, we don't get paid a ton of money from them, but they, they, they pay us enough where I have the freedom to just kind of do whatever I think will drive revenue for them and not worry about um, them pushing back on an invoice. You know, they pay yeah, within like, well, yeah. they pay, they pay within like minutes when I send them the invoice. <laughs> well, and it's, it's why they're, it, 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 and we've mentioned them so much throughout just this episode of the podcast, but yeah, it's why they're such a great client though. Like they, they mm-hmm. understand it and they trust us most importantly that they, they trust us, which is yeah, means more than, than we can explain because you need that trust in order for us to do our job successfully. That needs to be, you have to kind of let us go a little bit. And that's like, yeah venturing into a little bit of the creative side of things, but they've done that and you've proven the results, right? Which is why everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, and it feels so, I, I think it feels so good for myself. I, I haven't actually asked you this before, but it feels so good to feel this trust from our current clients because we've had clients that didn't trust us Yes, with it because we've had clients that didn't fully, uh, uh, they didn't buy into what we're doing, but our current clients really, really buy in. And it's, it's really, really validating to be like, um, you know, we've, we've been preaching this since we started the company, even before we kind of had the same ideas. We've been preaching it. And, you know, the first wave of clients, they were not as believing in it. And then we kept working on it, working on it. And we just kept finding, we just kept working to find the people that believed in what we were saying. And now in a really good place where all the clients we work with, really, really believe in what we're, what we're, what we're preaching. Yeah. That what you just brought up is a cool point too. And this is probably valuable for people if they want to get into the line of work that we're in is yeah. I think we had this vision. We kind of shifted our direction of where we were headed with the company a little bit. Cause we, we thought it was all about volume, right? Um, you know, create volume, acquire clients, get a bunch, get a bunch of clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our first stab at it. But as we've gone on and as we've had different clients, we've learned the importance of having quality relationships with our clients. Yeah. Um, so m- much more, you know, quality over quantity when it comes to that, right? Like, I'd rather have four really rock solid clients that we can do great work for um, and that they can be appreciative of the work that we're doing for them as opposed to 10 that are a pain in our ass and that everything is a battle. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think in the long run, what we've kind of come to is that those quality clients will, again, going back to everyone wants to make money. That's our goal too. And at the end of the day, those quality clients, we will make more money with those clients than we will with the 10 that maybe we're just not 
on the same page and can't quite get on the same page with. Yeah, definitely. And it's taken a shift in mindset from myself to, I was really, really, I had a lot of urgency in like prospecting and like trying to find new clients for us. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of shifted that mindset to just like kind of let them come to me um, because then they would actually be interested in what, what we're talking about. If I just walked in random businesses and, you know, tried to push and be urgent and try to be a salesman, I was having so many conversations where they were like, you know, we don't really believe in that or like, that's not really a focus for us. And, you know, that those didn't work out for that reason. But then we, then I, yeah. I became more patient and then, you know, waited a little bit. And then out of nowhere, Chaz <laughs> Taylor and I went out to drinks with Chaz and his wife, Ellen. And he's like, Hey, Taylor or Ellen told me that Taylor said that you have a little marketing company thing. And like, we should talk about that. Like, here's my number. And then now that's been a fantasy sort of relationship. Uh, Right. And Um, then, and we, and to tell the story of our Donlar um, sales process, they were the first John. So John, my stepdad is the John Kynes. He's been on the podcast. He's the president um, full, or I think he's the, I think he's the full owner now of it. He's my stepdad. So we, we told him about it and he always knew that I had that a brain for that sort of thing. And he was the, they were like the first company we pitched. Um, literally, first meeting. Yeah. Paninos. First meeting. Shout you and I Paninos. and John at Panino's. Yeah. Saying like, here's what we want to do. And that, that message was a very, very similar message to what we do today, two years later. Um, right. And, and, you know, we told, we told him our thing. We tried, he said, ah, maybe not, maybe not now we want someone somebody in house, whatever. A year and a half down the road, he comes back around and says, hey, we want to set up a consulting agreement with you guys. Um, and so we had to go through, we went through the sales process and now we're their main marketing consultants. We, we, make, we would meet with them weekly. We run their ads for them. If they need a, a one-off video, we, we get our video guys on it and put it together and, and all this stuff. And, um, but the patience of like, I could have been in John's ear every time I saw him in those, in that year and a half break of been like, Hey, we should, you know, work together, work with us, work with us. But I wasn't, I just kind of like said, like, you know, let's reevaluate on our side. That probably wasn't the right time for our first client to be them, which is, we understand that. In hindsight. Right. Yeah. But now we got better. We understood what we're doing more and now we can actually support a business that does millions of dollars per project way better than we could if we tried it first, but it was the patience of saying, let's just, you know, let's get, let's build ourselves up. And then he came around and came back to me and it was way easier then because we had buy-in from the freaking president. Exactly. Yeah. And I Instead think that, like, that's, yeah, it's a cool thing for our process too, though, because like throughout all of this, and we've talked about this before Ty, is like we have proved it to ourselves, right? Cause I mean, obviously we have belief in ourselves. We first started this thing, no doubt. Yeah. But to be able to actually like prove it with numbers and, you know, through actual trial and error, that, hey, we actually are really good at what we're doing, right? Because we, we've always believed in that. We've never wavered in that. But yeah. now we have the numbers to back it up. So I think it becomes easier to be patient knowing that we have that too. Like, hey, we are really good at this. And if it's not for you, it's easier for us to be accepting of that now than it was in the beginning when we were just trying to get our start. And get at-bats. Yeah, at the beginning, we're, I, I probably said it. Like, we need, we need more at-bats. We've, yeah. we've had the at-bats now. And, and I right. want to do a little promo for ourselves. People out there, if you're listening and you have a small business, um, pretty much all of our clients in, in any sort of good sample size of the social media we've, that we've managed, we either double or triple their social media results um, 
pretty nearly. much it kind of starts after the once you get into month two, month two on, we double to triple their results of all yep. the clients we've had. And that's not a coincidence. That's a pattern. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point. So um, if you're out there, yeah. give us a call. <laughs> Road to Media Marketing at your service. <laughs> See what we did there? We provided value in this whole podcast, provide value, yep. and then at the end, boom. Boom, sales. Always be closing. That's right, that's right. Awesome. Um, is there anything you want to add to the content piece? No, I think that kind of covers it. Again, that's kind of, you've done a lot more of that, I think, than I have in, in the content realm. I'm obviously involved in it. I know what's going on. But in terms of actually doing it, we've talked through your approach and what you do. And I, I think it's great. It's proven to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, and uh, something, oh, something else to add to that. And this is something that I battle with more on the front of my personal stuff than it is in my in the business stuff. Because, you know, however my brain works, how I was, how I was telling before, it works. It, my brain really is happy in driving revenue, money stuff, financial stuff. If you say, you know, there's all these studies saying people aren't motivated by money. Um, I am <laughs> dramatically. So, you know, tell me to spend five hours editing something for a client. I'll hop right on it. Cause I like doing that because it's driving revenue for our business. Tell me to, tell me to spend five hours on editing something for my personal page. I kind of drag my feet on that. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple of things, but one of the things I battle with on the personal side is like, oh, I don't know if that's a good piece of content or not for my personal thing. Um, but time and time again, I put stuff out there that I'm not that I'm unsure how it'll do, and it does extremely well. Um, but I, I don't have that as much on the business side. But just the the point being, don't let your internal judgment of the piece of content determine if it puts out gets put out there judge it by what the market or what the audience does with it. You know, you, yeah. if you're a creator, you see it in a much different light. You have much different expectations of yourself than the public will. Um, so just get it out there. Perfection. What's the saying? Perfection is the enemy of, of done or completed or something like that. You know, mm. you're not going to, we're probably not going to have the perfect piece of content unless we're like, you know, real professionals, whatever. But the average social media creator is not going to have perfect pieces of content. Get what you want out of the piece of content. Make sure it's quality, certainly, but just get it out there. You know? Yes. Yep. It's more yeah, about getting can't... it out there, letting people see it than it is like, I need to, you know, touch everything up. The coloring's not good. The lighting's not great. I don't really like how this moose's head is. That was an example that I, <laughs> that I talked about before. I took a picture of these couple moose out in some flats in front of the Tetons. And I was like, oh, I kind of wanted them to be closer or the framing to be different because of the Tetons and there's some clouds over the Grand. And I was like, I was literally not going to post it. Um, and then I was just like, I don't have anything to post. I haven't posted it in a while. I'll just put it out there because it's kind of a cool picture. It blows the fuck up, you know? Yeah, well, um, because people are you, like... What you lost sight of is it's a moose. Yeah, because yeah. like, I see moose every day. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then yeah, people are like, oh my God, that's incredible. Like, you should frame this. People literally said that. And I was like, holy shit, I was not even going to post this. Yeah, I think like to, to echo your point of I, the, the concept is really like, you'd, it, don't be afraid to miss. If, it, you'd rather strike out swinging than looking, right? Yeah. So don't, yeah. Sit at, don't sit on a post and you know, try to work it to perfection. Get it out there, make sure it's good. Doesn't need to be perfect. It never needs to be perfect. And social media, the beauty of it is 
it is gone in 24 hours anyways. So if you do swing and miss, it's okay. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, what we've talked about, we talked about this with the clients all the time. You want to put importance on the individual post because you want to make it quality and you want to get drive your story and, and the why and all that stuff we talked about. But at the same time, it's just one post and it's really about the, the overall brand infrastructure that's a combination of all the posts where individually they are kind of important, but not really that important, but together they're very important, you know? Yeah. It's yep. that like, I don't know, what's, there's got to be like a saying for it, like dual-sided sword or something like that where it's like... Double-edged sword. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's the right saying though. Not where it's like, either, but yes, put importance saying. on the individual post, but no, it's not actually that important to do it for an individual post. Right? That's the, I guess that yes. would be a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's both things. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe in its simplest form is don't be too freaking hard on yourself. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's about it. Definitely. Um, okay. Is there anything else that we should talk about in the content piece? I think that's about it on the content. Anything else in social media? No, I mean, explore different platforms. Um, figure out what works. Different clients are going to require different things or a little bit more in one area than the other. Um, that's something we don't, you know, we didn't talk a ton about on today, but, yeah. um, you know, like TikTok's blowing up now, right? Maybe that works for a client, but maybe it doesn't, right? Like construction, TikTok, probably not, not the scene. Yeah. But doing you know, content but for, videos for Stillworks, we're going to get on there. And we're actually, I think I might film one tonight, but. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. And we even, in between Facebook and Instagram, we've had like the bar client, they were more, we did way more on Facebook because that's where the audience were. We thought their target audience was more of like uh, our parents' age, you know, 30, 35 to 60 uh, people at their cabins. Um, and they're more on Facebook than they are on Instagram. And obviously went more than on like TikTok or something. Um, but then what still works, they're heavy Instagram. We almost don't really even pay attention to Facebook at all. Yeah. Because we have a big audience on Instagram and our target, our target audience is more on Instagram. It's like the 21, it's probably 21 to 40, 45 or 50 people who want to drink and have fun and stuff. And they're that, they tend to be more on Instagram. So understanding, understanding your audience for your, to pick up the right platform. Very, very important. Yeah. That's just kind of yeah an overhead thing of, of social, but but um but yeah the, the posting plan technique that we use I, I think we touched on that obviously I, I love that method so if you're looking to get into marketing yeah start there start with a plan you know and it doesn't need to be anything crazy like I said it looks ugly like it doesn't mm -hmm. look good it's super yeah. simple it looks like it was created by a fourth grader um and that's okay like it's it's okay because it's simple and it works you don't need to get this expensive platform, like our operation cost for running social media for companies is so, so minimal because we recognize that it doesn't need to be anything crazy. Yeah. We're a services based business. So it's the, the, the power of our offering is in your and my head. Correct. It's not in the CRM that we would need. It's not in having a website. We don't have a website. We don't need a website right now. Right. <laughs> um, it's not even in like, uh, spending a lot of money on like, an office or something like that. Like we don't have an office. You're in world Domini office one and yeah, two. Yeah, we're right there. here. Yeah. HQ, MMHQ. Um, so none of that's important. You want, if you're going to start something like this, keep your operating costs down as much as possible. How much Al, how much have we spent 
for the business or how much has the it, business spent since we started? It's like in total, like well under a thousand dollars. I think it's like $500. It's Yeah. That's probably closer to accurate. I, yeah. And that yeah, was your 500 probably. That was getting our, that was getting, uh, solidifying our name with the state of Minnesota, renewing it, which is 50 bucks a, a year. Um, we bought hats, we bought business cards. Um, we've done like a couple social ads for ourselves, but not like $30 a pop. Um, what else have we spent money on? Uh, like a little bit of equipment and stuff. Oh yeah. Like, like QuickBooks. Um, yeah. A little, some, some gadget things for me, but yeah, we're, we're extremely profitable. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it too. Like it's all, and we've talked about this too, like it's all upside. So like, if you have thoughts about starting this and, that, and this goes for any company too, like just do it. Like this started as a drunk idea in a hot tub. <laughs> that's what this all started as. Right. Yeah. And like now we're two years into it and we love it. And we're actually growing year over year, like quite a bit. We're doubling in size pretty much year over year. Yeah. And which is super cool. Like just because, because we just decided to dive in, we committed to it that night. We were drunk, we were hot tub and just shooting the shit basically. But then we, but the next day we woke up and we're like, okay, we're actually doing this. And then we doubled down on it and we did it. So uh, yeah, I think it, it's a cool thing to do and to start up and, and it's, it's a lot of work, but if you enjoy it and if you're having a thought of starting a company, you, you better like hell enjoy it or you're going to fail automatically. Yeah. Um, but if you have had that thought, like jump up, keep operating costs low, you'll figure it out. Like, you need to pay more, you'll pay more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I always see these people that, um, it's a lot of social media influencers, but they're like, they put a lot of upfront cost into their potential project or they're like, you know, they get a bunch of inventory and like apparel or something to try to make a business out of it. And I always wonder like, God, that's gotta be terrifying to put that much upfront money into something that like may not see a return, you know? But right. Yeah, as I mean, far like, as our and, investment, and that's cool too. Like you can, that, if that's that's an approach too. Like throw some money at it, and if you're okay with taking those losses, then fine, then great. But you also don't need to. That's not the only way. It's not. I say you have to spend money to make money. This is a weird case where it's it's more so time than it is money. It's a ton of time. That's mm -hmm. another thing to keep in mind. Um, yeah. It is extremely time consuming. So you have to like it and be dedicated to it because this takes up just as much time as our day job, right? Like this is still part-time, but really not. It's a full-time job on the side. Yeah. 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 We've done, um, I mean, lately because we've been building the website for Gurton Homes, we probably have been working like 10, 12 hour days every day. Um, when did we like, since like the middle of October? Yeah. And that, but like, and that's like borderline on weekends too, almost. Right. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I guess if you average it out, yeah. But because it, it's like 40 hours from our, for our actual job a week, plus like, yeah, like two to four a night on average, and ends up being like a fucking lot of hours. It's a ton of hours. But I was, looking, like I was it, thinking about that today too. It. I was like, holy shit, like, it seems like every single day you and I are hopping on together at like right after dinner to do website work or other stuff. And it's like, that's for a while we didn't have to do that. 
And you always hear these stories of entrepreneurs being like, oh, I worked a million hours a day and it was a grind and it was, you know, but that's like the fun part of the business. And, you know, you got to grind and it's all this time. And I was like, mm -hmm. man, we're, when are we going to hit that? And I didn't realize until today, literally today, I was like, oh, we hit that. We're doing you it. Know? Yeah, we're kind of in that right now. Where it's, yeah, because it's, it's, it's weird how it happens. Like you saying that is funny because you don't even realize you're in it. Yeah. Because to go back to the very beginning of the podcast, we kind of just figure it out. Like, yeah. oh, this requires more attention and more hours. So that's what we do. And like, yeah. we don't even think of it as this way of like, oh, this is bullshit. We're getting screwed over. We have to do so much work. Like we've never envisioned it that way. It's just like, this is what needs to be done. So you and I come together and figure it out and do it. And if that takes 14 hours one day, cool. If it takes four hours the next day, all right. Like, yeah, we kind of just yeah, figure definitely. it out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, we, we're so focused on like the goal at hand that we're not thinking about how, until now we weren't thinking about how many hours it took to, to make this stuff happen. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, you can like look back and add it all up. Like we did that for the month of November. We're like, holy shit, that's a ton of hours that we put in. But like, we didn't even notice it on November 12th, right? Like halfway through the month, we didn't even like think about it really. Now we look back at the month and we're like, whoa, that was a wild month. Yeah, exactly. And it's all, and the key being that we're doing all of this because we have a goal in mind, a long-term goal in mind that we know we have to do this for a little bit. You have to eat a little bit of shit to get to where we're trying to get to. Yeah. And that's another thing. We've always been okay with that. Like we know that. And that's another thing with starting your business. Like you're going to have to figure it out. It's going to take more hours and you got to be okay with that. That's why it's so important to, if you're trying to start a business, don't start it for money, start it for freedom and start it for the ability to do something that you absolutely love or be involved in something you absolutely love for your, for your living. Right. Yeah. I think the concept of starting it for money is like so hard. I think a lot of people could fail that way. Um, cause like, yeah. it, it, like think about if we were money chasing, wouldn't be as driven to work these long days because we'd realize that there's some inefficiency in it. And there is like, because we're, we yeah. care about this and because we don't know certain things and we're still always learning, there is an aspect of inefficiency and we have to be okay with that, which we are because we're not worried about how much money we're making right now. We just started this thing. It's an infant. Yeah. So like down the road when we're a big company and our machine is, you know, bigger and stronger and better and faster, we'll worry about more efficiency then and, and you know, how much money we're saving and earning, mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. So we have to be okay with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, entrepreneurship is popular right now. It's a hot topic right now because it's, it's very, it's, it's easier than it's ever been to start a business because of the internet and because of the platform oh, we, yeah. can, we can leverage, but don't do it because it's the hot thing and don't do it for clout or popularity for those that aren't millennials um, or Gen Z. Um, you know, our, our, our World Media account doesn't have much of any following. I think it maybe has like 100 followers. Probably, um, I don't know. I we have like months. maybe 1,000 followers between each, each of us on our own social. Um, there's other people that we know that, that we're friends with that have a lot a much larger following and you know, maybe they're doing it for other reasons, but 
you know, instead of, how am I trying to say this? Instead of trying to show off this, this facade to our audiences that look at, we're entrepreneurs, we started a business, we're doing all this stuff. We really just, we've done it in the background. Um, we post things, we provide value, and it's really like in the background for our clients, we're giving them all the value, we're driving audience to them. Yeah. Um, and if, if we weren't doing this for the right reasons, we could be, we could be more outwardly growing our own personal stuff for the wrong reasons but the whole every and everything we do it's just building in value for our clients so it doesn't it's not it's not a tyler and alex show it's a tyler and alex's client show yeah that's a great point i've thought about that too like one of these days we're gonna like you know down the line when we are even more successful than we have been now all of a sudden we're gonna pop off with like some social media post one day we're gonna be like look we don't talk about it a ton but we're really excited about this and people are going to be like, what the fuck happened? How? What? Like, yeah. Those guys started a marketing company. I knew that. Whatever. I thought it was just super tiny. And all of a sudden they got here. Like, how? Because we don't talk about it really, on, especially on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's this background work and it keeps building and building and building. And eventually it'll be out there to people. They'll understand. But it's going to be like, it's going to seem as if we went from like zero to 100 out of nowhere, which is very much so not the case. We just haven't talked about it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that whole, the common story that we see of like overnight success that isn't really overnight that you see like these successes, maybe it's an athlete, maybe it's a, a, a social media presence, maybe it's a whoever. It seems just like overnight, they're just like, oh, they're killing it. Yeah. One day they weren't, next day they are. But really behind the scenes, that athlete was getting better. He was studying, he was training, he was getting bigger, stronger, faster. Um, that that social media presence was refining their craft, getting better at creating content, what, uh, you know, whatever they were doing, they were working hard in other jobs. So they could do this thing on the side, whatever it is. If you, unless you actually understand what's going on, you think it's overnight. And there, I think, I don't, I don't, we, it might be a little bit conceited to say that we will have that moment, but I think we will have that moment. Like you said, whether it's a piece of content or like, we've proven time and time again to small clients over and over again that we can do this. And then all of a sudden, Whoa, now they have this enormous client, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it, it happens. And it's like, Whoa, how'd they do that? Like they weren't, they were just having golf courses and small distilleries this whole time, but really like, right. We were, we were getting better every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. I mean, it, it's cool. It's fun to know that it's, and that's part of like this eating the shit being in the sock is this like, just grinding it out and knowing that like the goal that we're working towards is worth it. Like it makes the day in day out monotony of what we're doing much more tolerable. I don't want to even call it monotony. It's not, it's everything's new for us still, but um, yeah, I guess tedious or the hard work that we put in or the time that we spend, like it, it, it doesn't feel like a pain in the ass to us right now. For sure. Yeah. Because we have, we know the future, what the future is going to entail. Yeah. All right. Should we wrap this up? Wrap it up. All right, everyone. So uh, go check us out and Marolt Mini MKT on Instagram. Um, our clients, our current clients that we're posting for are at JH Stillworks, Jackson Hole Stillworks. Um, we do consulting work, but we're heavily influencing the posting plan of Down North Construction. They're only on Facebook. Um, 
and don't click on our ads for those both of those companies because then they get billed for it. <laughs> um, go organic. Um, and our new client, I'll probably do some sort of announcement when we um, have our new website fully live. It's kind of half live right now. Uh, Girton Homes, they are a real estate company with a lot of fun stuff going on in the Twin Cities. So go check all those out. Check us out. If you want to get into this game, if you're a content creator, if you like marketing, if you don't know anything about marketing but you'd like to hear more about it, call Alex or I, DM us somewhere, and we'll talk about it. We'll have a conversation. Anything yeah. else from you, Al? No. No, that's great. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Bye.